podcast brought to you by BaseCrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, we're chatting with two leaders at opposite ends of the spectrum in the pool industry who work pretty closely with one another. Today, we're talking with Vito Mariano, president of BaseCrete, and one of the leading mosaic tile artists working in the pool industry today, Danilo Bonazza. Truly a pleasure to have both of you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Joe, how are you, Joe? I'm doing well this morning, thank you. How are you? Good. Busy as heck. Uh, we're good. Always dealing with stuff. You know, the shortage of resins all over the world. So, you know, we're on top of it, but everybody's finding out about it, which is almost out of control. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on in the industry, just shortages on everything that you could think of right now. I know. I just talked to uh, one of the head guys at Pool Corp, and I was giving him some of my new cost changes. He had his head down looking at his desk like, Poor guy, I know for a fact, probably for weeks has been beat up on every manufacturer doing the same thing to him. Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, you know, all of the big guys are raising their prices. So, I mean, you're not alone. Raw materials are going up everywhere. Yeah, we've had seven increases in, in, in raw materials in 30 days. Oh, that's unfortunate to hear. Uh, I'm glad you're here with us today, and I'm glad we get to talk to you about what's going on in the industry. Vito, why don't you give us a little bit of backstory about what you do, where you come from, and what BaseCrete is all about? Yeah, so with, with, with me, my whole background has always been in the construction business. Um, my, my father started in Italy um, when he was 11 years old, uh, what they were called masters back then. I think they still are, but um, traveling with a master, becoming a, a, a tile setter. And he did uh, all marble tire, tiles, and um, there's a... Uh, if you ever saw the movie Passion of Christ, yeah. there's an old city that's 2,200 years old called Matera. Uh, if you go there today, you can still see the marble that my father laid at the age of 11, um, uh, creating his, uh, his apprenticeship. You still walk on the sidewalks, which were, were done back in the early 50s out of white marble. Um, anyways, yeah, he immigrated to North America and uh, became a bricklayer by trade. I went to work with them. I was always surrounded by men uh, that were uh, tradespeople. And, you know, even though I went to school in high school and went to and tried to get scholarship for university, my father always thought it was important to have a trade. You know, it's the typical uh, European way of thinking that you have to have a trade. It's always a good way for you to feed your family, uh, which is important um, in case anything ever didn't become of uh, my education. Um, I have my hands uh, and my back and go to work. You <laughs> take care of your family. That's how this whole thing started. And as I got older, I was fascinated by bridge building and concrete. And then I went to night school for uh, uh, concrete design and engineering and did that at night. And uh, I met an Italian gentleman by the name of uh, Tony Campagnoni uh, from Italy who uh, designed synthetic stuccos and synthetic cements. I learned an awful lot from him. And then I started to uh, think about manufacturing because I had some good things I could work on. By 1993, 94, 95, I had six patents, all cement-related material. But as for the construction industry involving pools, um, I worked as a part-time laborer in the pool business in 1978. That's how long I've been in it. Um, I've got over 90,000 pools on my belt and material, materials that I've manufactured have been on. Um, that's uh, where I'm at today. Basecrete is something that I've uh, developed in the early 90s, kind of have it, uh, always had it on the shelf, thinking that one day um, it might come handy um, back in around the early, I guess, 2001, 2002. I started seeing a need for waterproofing in the pool industry. 
we're about 500, 600 pools per month waterproofing. That's how fast it's growing. And I think there's some mandates for the industry that are going to make it somewhat mandatory to see pools waterproof. I think you should, not because I'm in the business. I think it's extremely important that you should. Uh, there is a huge benefits by waterproofing your pool. And I look at a, a gentleman like Danilo, uh, who can you imagine, the, the, for me, Da Vinci uh, creating a masterpiece and he applied it to paper 400 years ago. We wouldn't have uh, a chance to have seen it because it would have dissolved. So I, I'm the person that comes in and uh, supplies the beautiful canvas for gentlemen like Danilo to do his artwork and keep it preserved. That's, that's what we specialize in. Terrific. Thank you so much, Vito. Uh, Danilo, here's a good opportunity to tell people about what it is that you do, what you specialize in, and give people your backstory. Uh, yeah, sure. I was born in 1974 in Ravenna, Italy, which is considered the capital of the world for mosaic. Actually, you know, just a little story of my place. The original Latin name of Ravenna was the Byzantium, and it became actually for 120 years the capital of the Roman Empire. They moved it from Rome when Rome uh, burned. They moved it to Ravenna because Ravenna is it, it was an important port for importing stuff all over the Mediterranean Sea. So that's how the Byzantine art was named, was born there, and it was named after the city of Byzantium, which was the original name of my, my hometown, Ravenna. So it's in the northeast coast, uh, an hour and a half driving down from Venice. We used glass produced in Venice, which is, I believe, one of the best, if not the very best in the world for tile applications and also for other applications, you know, like the famous uh, masters in blowing uh, glass are all there. Anyway, I studied because my family did not believe in my art. Since I was a kid, I was uh, stealing glasses, uh, bottles of wine, empty bottles of wine from my father, breaking them down in pieces and in the sand since it's an ocean town. Just making, you know, animals or figurines or stuff like that, uh, depicting like, you know, uh, scenes or like trying to play with uh, pieces of glass because it was like, you know, different shades, different colors and stuff like that. I was fascinated by it. And then my father would beat me up because I broke his bottles of wine. <laughs> I did a bunch of different things, uh, worked in different trades, waiter, uh, carpenter, masons just to survive and reinvesting all my money in my passion of creating mosaics and try to sell them but back in the day mosaics were just like the traditional we're talking about the early 90s the traditional you know you, you instead of making a painting you were you were making a mosaic so my clients were the grandmother that wanted a mosaic of her nephew or something like that Sometimes few churches here and there were asking me to do to create some mosaics, but you know, business was, was not booming. Starting working in trades, especially with a construction company, then I started seeing, you know, bathrooms and stuff that were like pretty, pretty standard. Like all the bathrooms look the same, all all the things look the same. And I started thinking maybe there's a way that I can apply my art into the construction i think it would be pretty interesting 
and I started collaborating with a few companies down in Ravenna and Venice and Verona that were producing glass. And we started like, you know, I started knocking at architects and designers doors to try to make them understand that I could do something for them. And most of the time I was just like turned down, like, no, 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 no. it's going to be too expensive. Nobody wants a bathroom like that until, you know, the mentality started changing a little bit. People wanted to have a nice bathroom because the bathroom was not seen just as the place where you go to do the dirty business and you get out of it. But they started, you know, investing more money in kitchen and bathrooms instead of just the outside of, of the house and stuff like that. And then, so I started creating, you know, mosaic for bathrooms and applying, you know, my trade combined with normal tiles. And then I went to Dusseldorf. That at that time in 2001, there was a big like world competition for the tile trade. And the first year in 2001, I won first place in uh, innovation for tile and, you know, combining tiles and mosaics. And then the following year, I came back and I won first place overall as the best installer of tiles in the world. And then from there, I started like traveling all around, creating art pieces, and then slowly shifting from bathrooms and murals to pools. Because I started thinking that, yeah, my stuff looks cool in a bathroom, but I think in a pool will look like amazing. And I started like proposing. It took a while. I was doing just a few pools here and there, but not many. Sometimes just not the whole pool, but just like half of it. And then slowly but surely, you know, things started changing a little bit. And I started, you know, creating mosaics and installing my creation in swim pools. So I started learning very quick that you cannot just apply glass or stones or whatever it is, mosaic in a swim, just like that, straight on the cement. There has to be some sort of protection. Otherwise, everything will pop pretty soon. Uh, so then I started doing researches and, you know, what to apply. And slowly but surely, I figured out that the best solution would be a cement-based waterproofing system. And when I moved to the States, I started doing researches in what's available here. And then a few years back, I, I met Vito and he showed me his materials, which I started doing my test, my personal test. I unfortunately or fortunately, I do not usually believe what the different companies they just tell you, you know, the quality control and everything else. It's great, but is it true? I don't know. So just like that, I did not believe Vito either. I'm uh, you know, so honest. So I started doing my own tests with other materials and stuff like that. And uh, basically came out on top in pretty much every single things that I was testing. The waterproofing first, but not just that, just not just that, even bonding on top of other cement material, it bonds incredibly well. It really sticks to it. And then bends, it has some sort of like, you know, anti-fracture and elasticity uh, properties, which is great. And I started using it mostly with the uh, fiber mesh, because I believe, in my opinion, it's the best combination using a fiber mesh and using base creek together at the end of the day pretty much as a result you have one full thing one full protection 
with no interruptions. And it works as an anti-fracture system also, which is great. So pretty much, you know, kills two birds with one stone. And that's how I started using it and uh, using it more and more and more. And then thanks to Vito talking to him, he told me about colloidal silicates, which he produces as well. And that's another component that I always recommend. The way that I do when I get on board on a project, it doesn't happen all the time, but hopefully, and that's my suggestion for the, for the pool trade as well, to get in touch with me before they actually create the pool. Because, you know, I create my designs based on the shape of the pool, but we can also create some of the shapes of the pools based on the designs that we want to have at the end. So it's a combination of the two things. And when they use, you know, they pour the shotcrete or granite, depending on, you know, the, what, what they choose to use, I recommend to get me on board even before that so I can go on site 24 and 48 hours after they pour the granite to go and spray the colloidal silicate because, and Vito, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, that's the best, that's the sweet spot, like you know, 24, 48 hours after pouring the gunite because that's that's where the whole changing of the structure of the concrete and the vast majority of the drying happens. So that's really the sweet spot to hit it with the colloidal silicates. But if that doesn't happen, as far as I know, cement and concrete never stops working. You know, we, as a standard, we decided to to use the 28 days drying period, but that's actually not true. Let's say 28 days is the safety period. Like after 28 days, we are pretty confident that vast majority of the drying of the cement already happened. You can start working on top of it. So applying whatever material you have to apply, you are pretty safe. But as far as I know, cement keeps working. So even after 20 years, the cement keeps elaborating keeps working the molecules keep shifting and attaching and bonding with humidity with water with everything else so even if i i'm not cold prior to the pouring of the gunite and i you know i they, they call me when the gunite is already done after one or two months or whatever first thing that i do is always applying the colloidal silicate to make sure that at least there is, a, you know, a little bit of strength and uh, uh, usage for for the colloidal silicate to take action into the molecules of the cement. On top of that, I go with my preparation based on, you know, how off the pool is. I usually use a cement-based product, basecrete, again, with, with the fiber mesh. And then on top of that, and I usually use, you know, two, if not three coats. I think it's the best solution. On top of which I install my mosaic with the epoxy materials and grouting. And, and you're, just going, you're just going with that pumper like two, three times. And you yeah. the entire pool shell with an application of basecrete. Yeah, I personally prefer troweling the basecrete. Is there, a, is there a certain uh, oh. reason why you use one method instead of another? Yes. The reason is, it's like, to me, the kind of finishing, it's very, very important. Obviously, the surface has to be as smooth as possible to apply mosaics because the mosaics are so thin 
that you can't really play with the thin set or the epoxy adhesive that I'm using. Mm-hmm. So it has to be as smooth as possible. And you can achieve that level of smoothness only troweling, knowing very well how to trowel cement or thin set or, you know, doing the, the coats. Uh, and over the years, I, I learned that pretty well. I mean, I know Vito is probably one of those rare guys in the industry. You know, he's a manufacturer, he's a CEO, but he's not sitting up in his ivory tower. He's actually out there on the front lines teaching guys how to apply the, the product that he sells. Well, an applicator by trade. I've never been able to sell anybody anything that I manufacture unless I'm probably about the best at applying it. Um, going back to uh, Danilo's uh, installation with a trowel smooth enough is, is ideal for what he does. The other way is to apply it for plaster. It's a different process. You have to create a surface concrete profile. And it's a, a CSP, concrete surface profile of minimum weight. The rougher the surface, the better adhesion you're going to get with plaster. Uh, in Danil's situation, he needs to have perfect walls. Uh, the only way you can achieve that is by troweling it. As for getting dirty, that's my number one thing I love doing. I'm not an office person, never have been. Uh, I like to get in my lab and do crazy stuff when I'm bored uh, with a cigar and a bottle of wine, now rum, uh, thanks to uh, Danilo. And, uh, you know, I get out there and I jump in the holes with everybody. It's my element. I love doing it. I think um, trying to... Uh, uh, sell somebody your product with a suit on doesn't go very well. And I don't want anybody to feel, uh, I don't want to disrespect anybody by showing up that way either. I, I show up in my grubs, I jump in the, in the hole, I sweat it out, and I get dirty with them. What really people appreciate about, you know, what you bring to the table, Vito, is that there's an element uh, that comes from the construction side that you're able to bridge that gap and, you know, talk about the product, speak intelligently about the construction and concrete industry. All right. But you were also, you know, on the front lines with them and you know what it's like to be in the hole. Yeah. Like I talk differently to with the engineers than I do with the builders. I talk differently to the applicators than I do from the builders. Sometimes and a lot of times there's a language barrier. You know, I bring in one of my, my languages, I speak a few of them, some better than others. If not, I get somebody on site with me that can do an interpretation, an installer. And I equally respect all of them the same way, at the same level. Yeah, my passion is still making sure the guy doing the application, the person doing the application, it's important for me to make them feel the same way I do everybody else. My heart probably goes to them more than anybody because they're the ones slugging it out. In this wonderful temperature, we've seen the work in an awful lot. Rain, snow, heat humidity, you name them. And they go home uh, working hard, uh, knowing they put a good day's hard work in. I want to try to make their life as easy as possible. For sure. There's also, let me jump into it because I thought, I also think there's another element which is very important. In the trade, you know, not everybody, obviously. A lot of people, there's not a lot of knowledge and there's not a lot of people who are used to read the technical data of a product, technical schedule, and when they see somebody coming over in a suit and just telling you the theory behind a product and that's it, a lot of these people, rightfully so, they don't even believe you, you know, because like, yeah, this guy never touched a travel in his life. How does he know what the job side life is? And how does he know the challenges that I go through if he's uh, just a, a laboratory rat that just studies stuff into his uh, own, uh, you know, uh, pollution or pollens or dust-free environment 
yeah, things in a laboratory works well, but real world is sometimes different. And if you create a product that works great in a laboratory, but gets affected by the wind and it dries right away, then you are outside in a, in a job site and it's super windy, you cannot apply that material, right? You see somebody that actually shows up like Vito does and it's like, you know what? This is the theory, but also we can put this theory in practice. And I'm the one to show you how it's done myself. Then it's a good selling point for him, but also he resonates with his people. It's like, oh, okay, this guy's not just bullshit. Sorry, my French. But, you know, this guy's actually real. It's like, okay, he, he actually knows how to travel, to travel one, you know, one, his product. And uh, okay, so he must know exactly what's what I'm going through every day. So it's it's important. I got, here's a really good story. I always take this to heart, and I always think about this. My father, God bless him, taught me years ago. No matter how long you've been in the business as a tradesperson, no matter how good you are, never show up on the job site with new boots and new tools because they'll always look at you and lose a little bit of respect, and always think you're an amateur. So to this very day, if I have to buy new tools to go out and do some training, except the rollers uh, and new boots, I've always scuffed them up and I've always made my new tools look a little dirty as if they were used before. Actually, it goes a long way on the job site. Yeah, for sure. First thing people look at on the job site, believe it or not, if you look at their face, are new boots. So when you go to the job site with new boots, the first thing they look at, they look down and look at your new boots. And the first thing they think, I know they do, is this guy doesn't know anything. So I always take that to heart when I'm going to a job site, making sure my boots are dirty and my tools are just as dirty. I always see you two communicating about a different project that Danilo is working on. Danilo, can you give us a, a little look-see as to what you're working on right now? I know you're you're working on some kind of mosaic tile project on, on the yeah. job site right now. Uh, yeah, I'm working. I'm wor like I'm installing a round installation in the steps of a swimming pool. The whole swimming Beautiful. pool is done with the same kind of mosaics, which were chosen by the client uh, against my suggestion because it's just uh, this material is not that great. Every sheet sparkles in a different way, so you can actually read all the sheets that you install. Now, they can't see uh, what's on the podcast, but let me tell you something. I mean, I'm looking at what Danilo is doing right now, and it's just an absolute seamless... It's incredible. Of mosaic tile. I mean, it looks like it was laid down with a machine. It's so precise. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I'll agree with you there. It's uh, stunning to look at and those, and seamless. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I always try, you know, to always try my best. Even again, just like in this case, the material is not optimal to work with, but. You have to, you, you, you know, you have to give 100% every, every time. doesn't mean that, you know, that results into perfection, but just give 100% and at least you can, you know, in my case, I can sleep well knowing that I did everything possible to have the best result for the client. And, you know, a happy client makes me happy at the end of the day. That's, that's the goal, knowing that, we did something special, knowing that we, you know, we, we created something unique. That's what really drives me in trying to come up with new ideas all the time, new designs, new patterns. I've never done a swim pool that looks like another one that I made. 
like they're all different they have to look different and always some new element you know always something because that's what excites me you know and keep keep doing what i do and not getting bored like finding new ways to create new designs and new patterns and and, and applying them in real life you know so it's not just about designing but actually i'm one of the few that i do everything myself so i take pieces of glass gold and precious material and uh one by one, I put them in sheets or I create, I design the patterns and then I create cutting every, everything with the nippers by hand and uh, creating the whole design, the whole mosaic. Then as big as it is, you know, it could be as big as the client wants to have in, in the pool. Then I divide it in pieces, I ship it to the site, and I go there, I do the preparation, and then I do the installation myself. You found that BaseCrete over the years has been the best product for applying what you do? As to, far as waterproofing protection, yes. Yeah. Then as far as application, so actually bonding my mosaics to the canvas that was uh, created and protected with the base creed, then I'm using epoxy adhesives, which in my case, I, I, I chose a brand, an Italian brand called Litocol, uh, which in my opinion produces the best materials. Dito knows about it pretty well as well. Yes. And then I, I, growl, I growl with the same uh, brand uh, epoxy grouts um, that I found over the years to be the best solution. Base Crete as a, again, colloidal silicate, then cement base product for the preparation to create the base of the, of the, of the canvas pretty much. And then on top of, of which the base Crete uh, with the fiber mesh, different coat until I achieve the perfect coverage and smoothness that I want. And then epoxy with my glass mosaics and then epoxy grouting. And then the expansion joints made with a silicone grade, like pool grade silicone to finish the whole thing and protecting the corners and, you know, the expansion of the different materials. Because as we know, different materials, they work together, but sometimes they also work one against the other because they have different contraction and expansion based on you know change of temperature and, and everything else so we're part uh, of the same we're part of the same groups guys like you and i are in a lot of the same facebook groups and we we see a lot of the same industry photos being posted by people um i think a lot of what gets people in trouble maybe on the job site is that they're not using a waterproofing technology like base creek in the application of of their tile setting um do you think that may be you know, what's causing a lot of these jobs to go upside down is because they're not getting Absolutely. into it. Absolutely. It's not the only reason, but definitely using the best products and the best practices, it's key to achieve, uh, you know, not only the look that you want to achieve, but also the safety uh, to make sure that those things that you created will last a long time you know that's the bottom line i definitely you know i don't want to create a beautiful spectacular mosaic in a pool and then in six months we have to tear it all apart 
because it's, you know, the waterproofing was not done properly and the water leaks everywhere. Obviously, especially in a swimming pool, it's even more important than a shower or, or another environment. You know, a swimming pool is really uh, the waterproofing and anti-fracture. It's, it's key to make sure that whatever you're doing lasts for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the quality of, uh, of concrete has certainly changed over the years. I mean, the densifier product that the Vito makes, do you think that kind of like turns back the clock a little bit to like the old school strength and quality of the concrete now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we Can don't you have... A little bit more about that, Vito. I mean, you know more about concrete probably than anybody. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, one of the first products I ever... Um, uh, had a patent on was using a, a silicon fume, Pozlon, Pozlonic, Pozlon, which is a northern um, name that the Romans developed by using ashes from things that they would burn, their garbage, they would take uh, their uh, fine particles of ashes and they would mix them in with the cement. That's how all the viaducts in Rome were built. So the technology that exists today wasn't really anything that I did that was special. I just kind of copied what they had and put it into into my manufacturing. You know, sometimes the old school methods work best, right? Well, yeah. Well, if you look at if you look at, if you look at antiquities and you wonder why these beautiful uh, buildings that were created, what gave them longevity? They were onto something way back then, a long time ago. Even going back to what Adina was saying earlier, concrete to me is like petrified wood. If you if you put something uh, a chunk of wood inside. A river for 10 million years it comes out rock because it's it's densifying with natural minerals concrete does the same thing concrete cures mostly within 28 days yes does it stop no it continues to cure 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 for years and if not centuries as long as it's in a half decent natural environment it will continue to get harder with densifying with natural materials such as water minerals will densify the concrete and make it a stronger over over time and centuries that's why you go to the viaducts in Italy. A lot of those Roman monuments that were built out of concrete are still in existence. They're harder today than they were a thousand years ago, in most cases, going all the way back to the beginning. So those 28-day cures are long gone. That concrete's still pretty tough, and you're dealing with it. So concrete has the same, does the same thing. It acts the same way. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- you guys can't see this at home, but uh, Danilo has been working pretty much the entire time that he's been talking to us. So, I mean, I really appreciate you uh, hopping on the call with us today, Danilo, and taking out the time to discuss this. Which job are you actually on right now, Danilo? Wh- wh- whose job site are you on? Yeah, I'm collaborating with the Design Ecology here in Austin, Texas. Ben Lasseter is the job site that Danilo's on. So this is not their pool in a sense that they did not build it. It's uh, it's a renovation. It's I, I, I believe it's probably 15, 20 years old pool that uh, the client called Design Ecology to, you know, renovate this pool. And they got in touch with me that we've been knowing for a few years. And the client already chose this material. They asked me about the material and everything else. And if I was interested and I said, yeah, sure, you know, uh, let's collaborate. Let's try to do the best possible considering the limitations that these materials give and also again was like was a pool was like extremely off i used hundreds and hundreds of bags of cement to try to get 
the surfaces as straight as possible. I had a couple walls that were off level of seven and a half inches. A four foot wall off of seven and a half inches. A lot of work. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. So because it was that off, I could not get it like perfectly plumb. But, you know, I was able to get it as close as possible having you know, considering all the challenges, uh, we're pretty happy with the result. And now I'm finishing the installation. Hopefully I should be able to get it done in three weeks and then going back home. And then I have another project in Jersey. And then I'm actually coming back to Austin again because I created uh, an artistic mosaic in a, one of the new buildings in downtown Austin. Well, sincerely, Danilo, thanks for taking the time out today to talk with us. And Vito, thank you for joining us as well. It was a pleasure speaking with the both of you. That was Danilo Bonanza, world-famous mosaic tile artist, and Vito Mariano, president of Basecrete, the leaders in waterproof bond coating for the pool construction industry. And thank you for joining us again as well. Make sure to subscribe. We'll catch you again next time.